The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I will be your host today. And this is episode number 132. Today we have sort of a different kind of interview. We will be interviewing Jade Eiler. Jade has found her purpose modeling healthy choices and advocating for drug prevention after losing family members and loved ones to drug use. She's a student ambassador for the Start Talking program where she features drug facts and interviews on her YouTube channel, which is called Jade Eilers, E-I-L-E-R-S. She is also one of very few young people in the Ohio Youth-Led Prevention Network that advocates to lawmakers and organizes the We Are the Majority rallies, reaching thousands of youth. Additionally, she has partnered nationally and globally with other drug prevention alliances, including the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids in New York City and the Foundation for a Drug-Free World, where she was just featured at the United Nations, speaking on behalf of youth all over the world. She has magnified her message through pageant titles like Miss Teen Ohio International 2019 and National Junior Teens Captivating Winner and wants you to join her to be drug-free. So let's talk to Jade. So Jade, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yep, thank you for having me. I did forget to ask you, so I'm going to ask you now, how do you say your last name? Eilers. That's what I said. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm polishing my little metal on my chest here that I got it right. I thought that's how it was. <laughs> awesome, yeah. So Jade, tell me how you you are definitely involved in the whole um, subject of drug addiction and drug education. How did you get started in it? What got you started? Yes. So uh, my freshman year in high school, I started a club called Bold, which stands for Building Our Lives Drug-Free. But since I was a freshman, they didn't really give me a lot to do. And so I felt like I needed to do more. So I started my own YouTube, ch- my own YouTube channel, um, and I interviewed my own peers who were drug-free like me, um, because I have this belief that if you are involved in more, um, you spend less time doing things you shouldn't be doing. And so I interviewed people who are drug-free to see what they were doing instead of drugs. Um, and from there, it just kind of snowballed um, into partnering with an organization called Start Talking, where they have a bunch of facts that I share on my social media. I do polls that are interactive. They're called Insightful Saturdays, and I just share drug facts. Um, from there, I found a drug-free pledge with the Foundation for a Drug-Free World. Um, also tied in with the drug-free pledge, I'm a part of the Ohio Youth-Led Prevention Network, um, and that's an organization in Ohio um, where there's around 17 youth, and we tackle um, issues facing the state and take it on um, at the state level, and also we have events in D.C. that we do. Um, but my first day with the Ohio Youth Led Prevention Network, um, it was Legislative Day, and we went to the Ohio State House, and I was able to speak with legislators about um, drug policies and protocols, and I brought up points that they hadn't thought about yet. So just like advocating for the arts and um, making sure that is an accessible resource to people who don't necessarily have it, because not everyone likes to play sports, so that's not really an option for everyone to stay out of trouble and to fill their time. Right. Um, 
uh, from there, I got two resolutions, um, one from the House of Representatives and one from the Senate uh, for all of my drug-free work. And then with the Foundation for a Drug-Free World, I was honored with the Drug-Free Hero Award in New York City. And then I spoke at the United Nations. Wow. Um, part of the reason why I got um, a couple awards was I, with the Ohio Youth Prevention Network, there is a rally we lead with over 2,000 people, um, and we all march to the Ohio State House and celebrate in the fact that the majority of teams are drug-free. Um, and I have a lot of things. I've, I've done a lot, but I have a lot planned for the future as well, and I would love to talk about that um, a little bit later or whenever you need me to. Okay. Well, if I could just um, get a little personal with you here. When I read um, yeah. some information about you, it said that you um, had lost family members and loved ones to drugs. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So my main motivation for being drug-free and doing all of this activism is because I haven't seen my biological father since I was three because of his drug addiction. I've lost several other family members, my paternal grandmother, um, and just within my immediate group of friends and close family, we know like seven people who have been affected by other people overdosing or just their addiction. And so it's a very prevalent thing within my family and so many of my um, friends, their family members struggle with things like that as well. And it just, I know the pain that I went through because of my father's addiction, and I want to prevent that as much as I can within my generation. You know, I think that says a lot. You know, one of the things we try and talk about on the podcast, um, and we address this oftentimes to loved ones of, you know, people who are addicted or also to addicts to, you know, reach out and get help and, and do something. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of a different, you have a different angle to it, which I really appreciate. And that is that you want to do something about it. And you're doing something about it in a very big way. And I think I think that that's, that's very, very impressive. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. There's two different ways I that I think people can go when they have, you know, experiences such as yours with your dad. And one is to mm -hmm. maybe not want to talk about it and not want to share it. But the other, yeah. I think, is to is to share it the way you are and utilize it to, you know, help others not go through what you're going through. Yeah, there are so many different ways that... Um, I could be filling my time. And I just think that when you go through something like I went through, you can either use it as motivation to fix what is wrong or you can fall into that cycle. Um, and I've seen that happen over and over again, just, you know, in high school and seeing people who struggle with what I've struggled with and feeling the pain of someone else's addiction, but then they use that to deter them and their life and then they follow in their footsteps. But I really just want to help build people up and let them know that they're worth more and they deserve more for themselves and for their future. I think that's huge. Thank you. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you got to, so you've already gotten resolutions passed there in the state. Um, yeah. What is the, what is the opioid situation like in Ohio? What is it like there? So we are the number one state that has an opioid problem we are at two major intersections, and so there is 
the most distribution in this state because of our major highways. And so the opioid epidemic is so prevalent within my state. Wow. Um, there's so much, so much going on. It's, so I think we could say that we need about, you know, 100,000 of, of you to get out there and do what you're doing. <laughs> um, yes, that would probably be nice. Um, but there's a lot of surveys going on. Um, and there are, um, I think it all starts with just accountability. Like these opioid distribute the opioid um, distributors and making the opioid the first choice for if there's a procedure, things like that. I think the protocol needs to change. Um, I think drugs can't be the answer to fix things because you put someone on an opioid and then they get addicted to it and then you immediately take them off after like the pain is supposed to be gone, but then a person is addicted. And so I think there's so much fault within our protocol that needs to be changed because it needs to be changed because opioids can't be the answer because that creates more of a problem. I, I think you make a very good point. And one of the things we've talked about is that if, if you broke a bone, for example, maybe yeah. for a day or two, you take painkillers if you need it. Yeah. But people are walking out of dentist's office after having, uh, yeah. you know, teeth pulled or whatever with a 30-day prescription to heavy-duty mm-hmm. opioids, and that's overkill. And that's, what's, that's what will lead to addiction. Yeah, I think that, like, Tylenol and Advil should be pushed more than extreme measures like opioids like even after wisdom teeth surgeries i think a combination of that would be so much better and so much more beneficial to the person exactly it's all i had i mean i had my wisdom teeth out when i was 18 and i'm not going to tell you how long ago that was but uh, that's all (laughs) that's all i had was you you took a bayer aspirin i mean that was that was what we had and that was sufficient was it painful yeah Yeah. but could i deal with it yeah because it it goes away you know but i we didn't have those heavy duty painkillers and we didn't we therefore didn't need them and didn't use them Mm -hmm. you make a really really good point um in terms of you know changing the whole protocol um, I agree. And of course, you probably know, because I'm betting that you kind of stay on top of a lot of the news that yep. that some of the manufacturers are taking a hit. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, that they're, they're taking a hit and uh, rightfully so, since, you know, companies like Purdue Pharma, they started the whole opioid epidemic back in the mm-hmm. late 90s by lying and saying that OxyContin was mm-hmm. not addictive, which was just, yeah. Um. Out and out out lie. Just a reminder that you are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For further information on the podcast, you can go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or you can find us on our Facebook page by the same name, or you can call us at 727-314-7080, or you can email us to theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. For further information on Narcan on Suncoast, call 1-877-339-3324. That's 1-877-339-3324. 
Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast and get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com, that's N-E-W-M-A-N-I-N-T-E-R-V-E-N-T-I-O-N-S.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, I think there's a lot of miseducation out there, and a lot of people are thinking that things are safer than they are, um, kind of to switch gears a little bit. But with the vaping issue that's going on, especially in my generation, I see that so much. Like I go to the bathroom and I see someone using a jewel or a vape and it just breaks my heart and I try to educate people as much as I can but there is so much misinformation going on and there have been so many rapid deaths and the problem with the vapes and the jewels is that they're not regulated by the FDA and so you don't know what they're putting in there that's right Um, and so that is causing so many issues and I just think that it's deceitful and in a product that was quote unquote meant to help people get off of cigarettes is turned into a bigger problem than I believe cigarettes. Cigarettes were a big problem, but like, oh, it's so bad. It is. Jade, what kind of reaction do you get when you try and educate kids in your school who are vaping? It's mixed. I get teased a lot for like being a goody goody and I don't get invited to parties a lot. And so I see a lot of resentment, but I think part of that resentment stems from knowing that they're making a bad choice and just using that to cope with whatever they're dealing with. Um, And so I, some people are receptive, but for the most part, um, people are not super warm when you try to educate them about things that they're doing wrong, but you have to come at it from a place of love and not condemn it, but also not accept the behavior that they're doing. Right. That's a very good viewpoint. I like looking at it that way. I will tell you that the the first time we did an episode on vaping, we had a former uh, sheriff's deputy here in Pinellas County. And boy, did we get some nastiness slung at us in our Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page about vaping. And, you know, so then we've done a couple more, or at least one more episode dedicated to the subject of vaping because the... Here's the thing, and this is what Michael, who was on our Michael DeLeon, who was on our podcast, said, and we say this as well: if you're an adult and you're over 21 mm-hmm. and you want to vape to quit smoking cigarettes, that's your decision. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. the CDC has said it is dangerous for young adults, teens, and preteens to vape because of the amount of nicotine that can end up in those machines, uh, which is way more than in a cigarette. Do you know? Mm -hmm. I think part of it um, and part of teens using is the accessibility. Yep. Um, And people who are 18 right now can 
spy thing. That's about to change because of Tobacco 21, which I love. But um, people who are 18 are still seniors in high school. And what do seniors in high school need? Money for college or whatever. And so they start selling to maybe like younger siblings, friends or things like that. And it's just a trickle down effect to make money. And it's coming from this greedy place. And it's just so horrible and horrendous. But people in high school are dealers because they can be because they are able to access things like that. Um, But I believe with being 21 and over, that will change a lot of it because if you're 21 and you're older than 18, you're not in high school, you're in college or wherever you're at in your career, but you are around, you're not around minors as much as 18 year olds are. Right, right. I, I, the dealing is a whole other aspect that we haven't really talked about, but that's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a point. It's definitely a point. And I can see Mm -hmm. how, you know, people could make money at it because Jewel, you know, Jewel for one markets to the kids and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, changing the subject just a tiny bit. I know that you've been involved Mm -hmm. in beauty pageants. What, how does that fit in with what you're doing with the whole drug free or drug education and drug free program? Yes. So the whole reason I do pageants is because of the platform aspect. And so my platform is called Start Talking, Building a Drug Free Future. And so as silly at it, As silly as it is, when you have a crown and you have a sash, people look at you and listen to you. And so I'm using my pageant titles as a megaphone for my platform and to shed light on this issue that we have, not just in our country, but in the whole world. And so I'm also able to get scholarships from these pageants, which college is expensive. So getting scholarships any way that I can and being able to advocate for a cause that I believe in so strongly is really important to me. But also you get so many amazing skills and I get to wear pretty dresses, which is fun, but just advocating for a cause and scholarships are the main reasons why I do pageants. That's awesome. What uh, titles have you won? So most recently, I was Miss Teen Ohio International, and I competed at Miss Teen International, and I was top five in the world, and that was pretty cool. But right now, I am currently the National Junior Team Captivating Queen, and I have a pageant in January that hopefully um, will go very well, and then I'll advance somewhere else. Um, But right now, I'm the National Junior Team Captivating Queen. Awesome. Well, well done you. Thank you. Do you see um, do you see the vaping with the your fellow contestants when you do these pageants? Do you run into it there as well? I don't run into seeing it physically happen, but I was when I was at Miss Teen International, I'm not gonna name names, but there was no. a contestant there who didn't know my platform and didn't know what I stood for, so she didn't know I advocated for drug prevention and she proceeded to tell me the story from when she got high for the first time and I just was like (laughs) Uh, but at the end she was like I didn't like it and all this stuff and I was like that's good my platform was advocating for drug prevention and I could just see the remorse in her face yeah and I was like she was like I messed up but I do see it sometimes but I feel like um when you're involved in more and you're invested in something like pageants you don't you're not necessarily as involved in things like vaping and drugs, but I do sadly see it sometimes in contestants, but typically those aren't necessarily the people that do the best. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> what do you want to study in college, Jade? Ooh, that is a wonderful question. Right now, this week, I've decided political science because I'm really interested in lobbying and advocating for drug prevention um, within the government is something that's really important to me. But I'm in an early childhood education block class through my high school, and I've loved every second of hanging out with kindergartners and reading stories to them. But I just want to study um and prepare for whatever career I'll be able to make the biggest impact helping people. That's awesome. And other than that, you said you wanted to talk about some of your plans. So tell us about some of your plans going forward. I would love to. So um, in October, I am going to be giving a TED Talk to mental health professionals about why I believe that teens are using and more on the side of people use it to cope with things. Um, and teens use it as a way to um, a way to just kind of get away from their world and relieve their stress. And so a part of that is helping people find their safe escape. And a safe escape is a healthy like your interest that helps you stay motivated and on the right path and just a club or an activity that you're involved in that you love and it gives you more motivation. So my safe escape would be theater. I've done that for around 10 years um, and it's amazing. I love it. Um, but also, um, I am partnered with Steered Straight with Michael DeLeon, um, and I'm going on speaking tours with him to spread my message. Um, my presentation is called Goody Two Shoes, and it's to <laughs> really... <laughs> I love that. I know, I thought that was cute. <laughs> but um, to promote that it's cool to be drug-free and just really building a respectful and building respect and values for everyone is what I love to do because it shouldn't be shamed like you shouldn't feel ashamed to say no to drugs you shouldn't feel bad for making the right choice and that's what I see happening every day within my school or just people all around me and so that's my main goal with the speaking tour uh, but I'm very excited for everything that's coming up you make such a good point that you should not be ostracized for doing the right thing. And I completely understand how that happens. And I, I just think that's huge. And I, I love the fact that you just kind of, you you put it right in their face. You know, you're very upfront, like goody yeah. two shoes. I mean, there it is right there. But what's wrong with that? And and here's the good part of that. And I, I really, really like that. I think that you you doing this being such a young person and your message mm-hmm. i think is is huge and i i really applaud you for all the work that you're doing so first um how if someone listening has young kids or they have some kind of an organization that maybe they feel the young kids could benefit from what you have to say how do they find you how do they reach you or i know i know your mom is your yes. your publicist how do they find her <laughs> yes. So I have a website called jadeilers.com, J-A-D-E-E-I-L-E-R-S.com. And all of my social media and ways to contact me are there on that website. Um, but if you want to book me for my speaking tour or anything like that, that would be through steeredstraight.org. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, good. And then the way I end is if you had just one message you could give to our listeners, and I know for a fact that um, we have listeners who are former addicts, we have listeners who are coping with addiction, and then we have listeners who 
have loved ones who are addicted and maybe don't know what to do at this point. But if you could just give one message to all of our listeners, what would that be? You are worth more than a substance and it's okay to say no. It's okay to be yourself and stand up for yourself. Wow. Very cool. Jade, thank you thank so you. much for being on the podcast today. I'm super excited to hear you talk. I'm, I'm super excited that you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, you, you have a different perspective. And I, I, I'm just sure that the, the lawmakers are going to listen to you because you, you have something <laughs> to say. You so yep. And you're not there for the money. You're there to make a difference. And I think that's Very huge. Cool. Thank you. That awesome. means a lot. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, I will confess um, that I was somewhat of a goody two-shoes when I was in high school. I did drink a bit. I never did drugs. And I also didn't um, have sex when I was in high school. And I know that's probably very rare. So I myself was a goody two-shoes. But it didn't occur to me to take any kind of a stand on what was happening around me. Uh, granted, drugs were not the problem then that they are now, but it would not have occurred to me that I should do something about it. And so I say that because I really applaud a young woman like Jade. I forgot to ask how old she is, but and she's not out of high school yet, so she's definitely young. But I just applaud her taking a stand and being willing to say, yeah, not only am I a goody two-shoes, but I'm happy that I'm a goody two-shoes. And I think more and more people should be goody two-shoes. And we shouldn't be persecuted because we are. And I know that um, sometimes kids are persecuted when they don't want to party or don't want to partake in drugs and alcohol. So it's not easy to stand up and say no. It just isn't. I know we've been told over and over again that you just say no, you just say no. It's just not that easy. And if you're having a bad day, it's way easier to say yes. And then you start down that road. So I really appreciate what Jade is doing. Once again, her website is jade, J-A-D-E, Eilers, E-I-L-E-R-S dot com. And if you would like her to come and speak for your church group or your organization or your school or your parent organization, you can reach out to her as a speaker on steeredstraight.org. That's S-T-E-E-R-E-D-S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T.org, steeredstraight.org. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe and please rate our podcast five stars. We know we're helping people. We know we're getting the message out of help and hope. And when you give us a good review, it helps us. So thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 